0: Welcome to Mother Vessel, a podcast for women, mothers, and vessels. I am your host, Mame Yamache. And boy, do I tell you, today we have a special episode because we have a special guest. Now, this guest, I have known her my whole life. She is a wife. She is a mother. She is a pastor's wife. She is a sister. She is a business owner. She is a mentor and a mother to a lot of women. um, And the list goes on. (laughs) Now, some may know her as Gloria. Some may know her as Ama. Some may know her as Sister Gloria, you name it. But for me, I know her as Mommy. Yes, I have the opportunity to interview my very own mother on today's episode. Now, not until most recently when I became a mother myself did I start to see her in a different light, see her beyond just mommy, see her as a woman, see her as a wife, and definitely as a vessel. And I'm sure that today I will even learn something else about this wonderful woman that God Designed to be my mother. Mommy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Both. Okay. I know I just introduced you as my mother, um, but also you are a wife. You are a pastor's wife. You are a business owner for. Pretty much all my life, I've known you. You've been a business owner. Also, I failed to mention that you were my Sunday school teacher for Children's Church, actually. Um, so, you ha- have done a lot. You have a lot of titles. But I'm going to ask you,
1: Mommy, who are you? First of all, I am a child of God to begin with. Mm. I am a daughter. I am a sister. And I am also a mother. And I say a mother because I had been raised or grown, growing up to be taking care of others all my life. I'm the oldest of five girls. And being the oldest, from where I come from, carries a lot of responsibilities. So... From as far as I can remember, I've always taken care of others. And I have loved doing it. And Mm. I still enjoy doing it. It is one of my greatest passions. And also to be a woman, to be a wife, and also to be a grandmother now. A mother then, a grandmother. Uh, I see that as a blessing. And being a black woman...
0: Mm.
1: I truly enjoy it. Mm,
0: that's powerful. That's powerful, mommy. So, if I were to ask you to describe yourself with one word, what would that word be and why? A leader, a mentor. Okay, you gave us two. Oh, all right. Now, why is that? I think you shared a little bit, but if you could elaborate a little bit about why you would describe yourself as a
1: leader and a mentor. I describe myself as a leader, um, as I already said, I'm the oldest of five girls. Right, right. I have stepped into that role to realize in my growing up and with all my experiences in life mm-hmm. to know that every experience that I go through, it is to teach me so I can teach others. Mm. So I look at it as leading in correction, and leading the right way.
0: Okay. Mm. Okay, Mommy. I like that. That was very profound. So now that I even know you a little better as to who you are and the fact that you love being a mother, the fact that you love mothering others, the fact that you love even being a grandmother, and I see that vividly, Mm -hmm. I am going to pivot a little bit And now focus on motherhood. And if you could just share with me, because I'm not even sure I know the full story, but just general overview of how you became a mother, what your motherhood story has been, and currently is, because you are still a mother. So, yeah. What
1: is that story? So the story began after I got married, I was expecting a script Mm -hmm. or some guidance from my mother how to be a wife and a mother. Mm. Now, from where I come from, culturally, Mm -hmm. it is not expected of mother's to tell their children or their daughters how marriage should be or how motherhood should be. You watch and learn. Uh. So I came into adulthood uh, pretty much from what I had watched my mother go through. But it was for me to improve upon that, and learn certain things on my own. Mm. So getting married, I had to figure out how to do this. Then childhood came in as I started having children. Uh, Before that, I had to mother my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> to some extent, mm-hmm. uh, because we we both married very young. Mm-hmm. Um, he might say he also had to support me in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So we learned from each other. But when I say mothering him is made sure there was always food in the house, made sure his laundry was, you know, kept. Even if he had to do it himself, mm-hmm. I had to make sure it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that. I had to teach him how to do it. Um, From his background and mine, I was taught how to keep a home. Um, Iron clothes, fold them, iron, prepare meals. It it was taught in my home. So I grew up with it. Mm -hmm. In his case, being a man or a young man growing up, things were done for them. So when we got married... I had to teach him how to iron his shirt. I had to teach him how to, you know, do the laundry, fold them, help me in the kitchen. So I see that as mothering before I even had children.
0: That's a very interesting.
1: And then I okay. had children, um, which mommy being my firstborn, mm-hmm. um, taught me a lot <laughs> as the experience of never done it before. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot from her um, how... Most of you listening might have had children or raising children that the children teach you, the parent, how to parent them. Uh, uh, And you feel their actions, their emotions, and you mother them through that experience or that emotions. So I learn a lot from my children. I also learned so much of being selfless for them to survive and to live well. Mm-hmm. And that was all done through that period of raising them from infancy through adolescent, mm-hmm. then through college years, and even now. Mm-hmm. I see the roles have switched to my grandchildren. So I see it as an ongoing, uh, process, not so much of it being a difficult, uh, I don't really see it as a difficult position to be in, but I really enjoy it. I look forward to it on daily basis. Yes, there has been some challenges, uh, raising them. Um, Both my children have different ways that I mother them or parent them because they are very different individuals. Uh Um, If I have the time to say, I can say that with mommy, two years after she was, you know, born, had Gina, a second daughter. Uh, mommy up till today, I can say was a very healthy, well child growing up. I hardly hear her say, mommy, I have a headache or I have a pain. But with my second daughter, right from the hospital, was diagnosed with so many multiple medical challenges, which some I was familiar because I had some of it. So I could see and understand what she was going through and for that being said it made me spend a lot of time with my second daughter mothering her up until mommy was about seven or eight I realized that all my time was being spent with her younger sister and I wasn't giving her enough of my time and mommy being so smart turned to her father So she and her father started bonding. Then I got jealous. (laughs) And um, I told my husband one evening, I said, it seems like Gina's taking all my time because she's always sick. I'm running to the emergency room with her. I'm chasing the ambulance from the daycare. They're calling me to pick her up. And sometimes mommy is left in the school by herself and then you have to go pick her up very late in the evening when you get off school and work at the same time. So I expressed that to my husband and I said, what do we do about that? I need a bonding with my first child. And so my husband and I decided we are going to switch roles. Uh. So at age nine, I remember very vividly I had a dream where I was picking mommy up from under a tree. She had a red sweater on. And I thought my child had died. I cried Mm. all night. I don't think I've ever told you this this story. No, this is new
0: to me. Oh, my goodness.
1: Cried all night, clenched you to my chest, and I kept saying, my baby, my baby, I love you. I love you. Mommy is here. Mommy is here. And as I said that in my dream, I woke up with tears in my eyes. Mm. And you woke up in the dream. Really? So I kept that red sweater until you probably when you left for college I got rid of it. Oh, so it was actually, a it red was, that actually you had, had a red that's what you sweater saw in the dream. It, it was a pink wow. red color. Wow. So I took it as God was giving me the assurance that mm-hmm. it was not too late. Mm. To build that bonding with you.
0: Huh. So
1: your daddy, which my husband, mm-hmm. switched roles with me and I started bonding with you. So I remember telling you, oh, mommy, I want to do this with you, just us. Now it makes sense. Because Girls time. Yeah,
0: now it all makes sense.
1: And you will ask me, why? Isn't Gina coming along? I said, mm-hmm. no, this is just us.
0: Oh. Huh.
1: so it took me about two years to build that bonding <laughs> because you kept pushing me away and <laughs> oh, i would goodness. not give up mm. but ever since that time we've been so close yeah. Yeah.
0: to the extent
1: that even when you went to college mm. i will come pay you those surprise visits yes
0: you will Just to bring
1: you jollof fries. Yep,
0: yep, with some food, yep.
1: And I knew food always would do it.
0: Food and beef stew. Yes. I don't eat beef now, but I still remember. With the green peppers in it. Yep, mama's beef stew. I don't know what it was. That's so interesting, mommy, because I did not know that. And now it all makes sense because I do remember growing up, I do remember that you had to devote a lot of time with Gina. I actually remember times where, you know, I know you would have to go to the emergency room because Gina has been sent there because she's having uh, asthma yeah, attack. And I do remember just being close with daddy. But honestly, until you shared this, I always thought it's because him and I are so, so much alike. I like. Right. So our personality, the way we think, process, the way we communicate and We're very alike, so I just thought, oh, you know, and also I look like Daddy, right? So I just always thought, oh, you know, you know, Daddy is mine, and you are for Gina, and I don't think I ever felt that I didn't have you. I just felt like, okay, that's Gina's, and that's this is mine. But I know these are both my parents. I didn't. So I'll I'll let you know. I didn't feel any type of way
1: neglected. Yeah, I didn't
0: feel neglected. I didn't because I like... still shared love yeah, with you, yeah. but it
1: wasn't so bonding as I had with Gina because there were times that mm. Gina and I would sleep in the same room yes. because yes, she would sometimes stop breathing and yeah. says, "Mom, I can't, can't breathe. breathe." Yeah, and, and I will put my that. hand on her chest mm-hmm. and say, "I want to feel your breathing." Yeah, so there were a few nights that. I had to, you know, sleep with it, and I'll let you go and sleep, sleep in, yeah. with daddy. Yeah, I remember that. You know, yeah. so Dad um being said, when you mentioned that you grew growing up, you know, you look like your daddy and all mm-hmm. that. And I remember in middle school, one of your mm-hmm. teachers, I went to your school and one of your teachers saw me. She said, oh, you look just like your mom. And you said rudely. Please don't lie to me. Everyone has told me that I've always looked like my daddy. Who said that? You did. I can neither confirm nor deny that. I do not recall at all. But now (laughs) that you've become a wife and a mother, I have a picture of you at the shop Mm -hmm. with me at your wedding. Mm. And every customer, every client comes in and goes, Mm -hmm. you two look so much alike. So i say hallelujah to that. (laughs) My daughter looks like me, finally. Answered prayer there?
0: Yeah. Wow. But I do remember a shift Mm -hmm. around 9, 10, 11. That's when we did Passport to Purity. Yeah. It was a dynamic shift. But I think if I remember correctly, that was around the time daddy was going back to school too, right? Yes. So I do remember a shift. And if anything, if I'm just reflecting on my feelings... I did feel somewhat neglected from daddy during that time because I felt like, oh, now his time is for work and school. And yeah, I kind of felt like, okay, where is my person, right? And it's interesting the timing of things that you actually wanted me to draw closer. So probably that resistance that you talked about for the two years is probably because we were
1: having your own issues. Yeah, I was having
0: my own issues inside, but of course, being young, you can't really express process or, or process it. And little did I know, you both had a conversation and were looking to change things. And then, of course, life, work, and everything comes into play. So that's so interesting. I I knew I would learn something new. I just didn't know what, but that's just one thing I just learned. So, let me ask you this, Mommy, because I'm actually really curious to know. And now looking back on my motherhood story mm-hmm. and how you've been so instrumental mm-hmm. in the journey, and mm-hmm. it's been a journey. And honestly, I I I couldn't do it without you. I mean, you have been there from day one, So I'm actually curious to know, because I know how accessible you've been for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. but you came here without your mother, mm-hmm. without your father. Mm-hmm. You didn't even have like aunts uh, no as one. well. No one. Right. So how were you able to navigate through motherhood, especially that early stage mm-hmm. without your mother being here and in a foreign land? Yes.
1: It's only by the grace of God. Yes, there was a time when I came into this country very young, in my early 20s. My mother wasn't here with me, but God brought two special women into my life. One I met at the hospital delivering my first daughter, who's mommy. And the second woman also came into my life. When I delivered Gina, my second daughter. So God actually uh, knew what I needed. Mm. And these women up till today, some 30 plus years, are still in my life. One I called my big sister. And the other I called my mommy or auntie. All because they mothered me. They taught me. Uh, how to take care of my children, how to uh, be a mother, a parent, and also how to manage life in a foreign land because mm-hmm. they had gone before me and they'd done it. Mm-hmm. And these are women I today, up till today, look up to them very much so. One mm-hmm. has retired, mm-hmm. gone back to Ghana. I talk to her almost every week wow. I am very privileged to have that woman in my life the older sister I mentioned also keeps in touch with me mm-hmm. on a monthly basis at least twice in a month we mm-hmm. connect mm. Yeah. I remember just after
0: becoming a mother and just thinking about how I could call you, cry and you were like, mommy I've been through it before and mm. I'm like You know, and sometimes when you're going through things, you think you're the only one Mm -hmm. going through it. And I think that's when I started to see you more than just mommy, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to stop and think and just like, well, how did she do it? Because I can't imagine going to another country, Mm -hmm. thousands of miles away, different time zones, being the oldest as well, Mm -hmm. and not having you there to just even just be present. I mean, you did more than just being present, but even just knowing that okay, she's down the street or 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful how God will always fill in the void. The void. And he did that twice mm-hmm. for you. So, as you were sharing that, I I stopped to think because I remember the stories and I have the picture of grandma coming to the mm-hmm. states. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a few months after I was born. And I I still have the picture on my iPad where I am in her arms and you're right there. And literally that's three generations all in one picture sitting on the couch. But now I am curious to know how that was like, because when you left Ghana, you were just newly Married. married, right? And then few years later she sees you again and you're with child like you've had a child you're not just her oldest daughter but you are a wife and a mother do you remember that how how was that feeling yes
1: um it it, it's it seems like it was just yesterday Mm. i remember the joy in my mom's eyes and when she spoke to me Mm -hmm. i wasn't her child anymore Mm. she spoke to me as her equal Wow. That now I am a wife and I am also a mother. Mm. I did realize the respect. Of course, my mom called me mother mm-hmm. because I was named after my my dad's mother. Mm-hmm. My nickname was Mother. Mm-hmm. So she would make comments like, oh, mother, mm-hmm. you have really become a mother. Wow.
0: So she saw it. She but, yeah, saw it. Yeah.
1: And that encouraged me that... Oh, I'm also doing it now. Mm -hmm. There's no turning back. (laughs) It's here to stay. It's here forever, right? So that was a a good experience that also built some level of bonding also for my mom Mm -hmm. being an adult. And I was able to bond with her on that level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That picture... um... It says a lot. There's like certain pictures that I look at and I could even see the joy on her face. But then the joy that you had, that your mother was there to see you as a mother holding me. And it's always beautiful when you can experience life seeing the generation. I see it now when it's you, me and the kids, especially joy, right? Because it's just all girls. And to see, I'm like, wow, this is definitely something I don't take for granted. So Mom, you clearly are a mom. You've been a mom for many years, yes. and you are a grandmother, or as they like to call you, Gma or Glamma, whatever it may be. So, if you could take time and just think about years before you were a mother, or growing up, or when you had the nickname mother, and what your view of motherhood was, and how that view
1: changed. So, very simple. Mm -hmm. Every young girl or young lady growing up fantasizes a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember in college, I looked forward to being a wife and a mother. Mm. I had a picture in my head. But what I didn't know was the hard work that it took. Mm. I pictured it as how we see it on TV or how it's modeled before us. All fancy, cute, and nice. Easy going. Yeah. And pretty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no one ever sits you down to tell you this is the work it takes for it to look so pretty Mm -hmm. on the outside. Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, it's a lot of hard work. A lot of tears that goes into that Mm -hmm. but then it is not a regret of tears Mm -hmm. it's the pain that you go through wanting so much of a better life or a success or for your children Mm -hmm. to be well taken care of or to even turn out right so it's a mother's constant Um, I would say prayer. Mm -hmm. I also want to say that to target with the prayer part is it took a lot of praying before God. Up till today, my best time talking to God is 3.30 a.m. It doesn't matter what time I went to bed. I'm working to talk to God about my children. And now of extending it to my grandchildren and my quality time, I found out was in the middle of the night Uh that I will get off my bed and go sit. I still do it up till today. Go sit in my closet or if I feel that my husband will be awoken with the light that I'll turn on in the closet. I go sit on the steps.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember that because when we wake up I'll be and, sitting. and you have to go run to the bathroom and you're half asleep, can't see. But then you see a woman sitting right there. You're like, wait, mom, what are
1: you doing? Talking Is
0: she, to God. Talking to God. I still remember that. Yeah.
1: So that was my moment and my special moment. And I would never give it up for anything. Mm. I still do it.
0: Yeah. And I still remember that you will come into the bedroom. And there'll be a hand on your, you'll feel a hand on your foot or your head. And the first few times you're like, wait, what is that? Why am I feeling something in my sleep? Like a hand laid on my head or my foot and it's mom praying.
1: Over my children.
0: Yeah. So then after a couple of times you just, it becomes part of the sleep. Like you don't even wake up, but you know that she's there. As we're talking about being a mother and I know you, we focused it more on, myself and Mm -hmm. gina Mm -hmm. but i know very well that you are a mother to a lot of women Mm -hmm. i've seen it i know a lot of women look to you and come to you for advice and so forth so can you share with us how that's been the feeling the role what you take from it how you pour out into other women who are not biologically your own Mm -hmm. but
1: you see them as your daughter's Yes. Uh, Years ago, there was a scripture I read in the Bible. It's found in Titus 2. It talks about pouring into others. And that changed my life for good. All because it talks about older men teaching the young men. Mm -hmm. And also the emphasis was on the women teaching the young women coming along. And what I got from that is that even if you are a year older than someone, you can mother them. Mm. You can mentor them. Mm. So I said to myself that I am going to do whatever it takes to mentor and to mother any woman. And some of the ones I even find myself mothering at somewhat older than me. Mm. I have a few mm. that I have connected with or they have connected to me mm-hmm. and called on me mm-hmm. for support and for strengthening mm-hmm. and for advice. Mm. It doesn't take much, I found out, that sometimes you may not even have to say a word You just need to have a listening ear just to listen. And at times it is to model even your failures, even your challenges Mm -hmm. can be used as as an advice to Mm -hmm. someone who has never been where you've been or experienced what you have been before. So I never shy off of sharing my wounds to mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. or my success to others or to letting them know this is up against you, mm-hmm. but this is how you can navigate through and be successful or overcome it. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to that opportunity at any time, anywhere on any field. If I am put in a position to lead Mm-hmm. As I said, I see myself as a leader Leaders, yeah. because I feel it is an opportunity for me mm-hmm. to change my world and to put in the right perspective or correct what maybe the world is given out there, which most of them is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. But to let the truth be known mm-hmm. and be real.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't believe in covering up or sugar coating something that is not, which to me is a lie before God. Mm-hmm. So I try my best to let every woman, or even some men, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. young men, have also that, come, yeah. um, you know, to be connected to me to let them know the world we live in is real. Mm-hmm. This and this and this is how you can work through it. Right. God has a plan. His plans are put in order. Yeah. If you try to cheat your way through, it works against you. It may work for you in the beginning, but in the end, it mm. backfires. Yeah. So I always say put your best foot forward with honesty, with truth, and Tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Well, we know you do that. And yeah, I know okay. most of you say, and my daughter say, I have no filter. No. I try, but sometimes <laughs> the truth is hard to be heard. So I try to do that in those different areas. Mm. And yes, a lot of, I would say, she mentioned that I'm a pastor's wife, but I see myself as a volunteer. Uh, uh, I don't expect to be called uh Lady Gloria or Lady Alma or First Lady. Uh-huh. I am a volunteer uh, to God's work. Uh, so I try to do the best I can. And at night, I can sleep very peacefully. <laughs> knowing that I did my part. Right.
0: That is my mother. <laughs> that is my mother. Woo! But no, that that's that's good and I I know we're talking about motherhood, but just on the pastor's wife piece. because um, I always told you, like, Mom, you're not like the traditional mm. pastor's wife, like I think you actually enjoy mothering women in the church and outside of the church more than the title or the role and I support yeah yeah you support that's for sure mm-hmm. so that's interesting and I'm glad you spoke to that that mm-hmm. you're actually you're volunteering volunteer. for the work of God yes. that's awesome so before we wrap up because this was really good mommy you have been a vessel for me I know you've been a vessel for my sister just pouring basically all that you have into us amen and we talked about how you mother others as well and you talked about it a little bit, but maybe if you can really just really tell me um, who who has been a vessel for
1: you in your life? A lot of women have really impacted my life uh, growing up. I will first of all say my mother mm. is the first. I saw my mom mm. as a very strong, hardworking woman who never gave up, mm. kept pushing through uh, having five girls as she raised us mm-hmm. did her very utmost best mm. to raise us as ladies first of all young ladies mm-hmm. and also in a way prepared us to be wives and mm. mothers mm. whether we saw that or not but with as you grow up in life you see as you mentioned you see your mother in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was privileged for that. Uh-huh. So I will own that entrepreneurship uh-huh. to her uh-huh. because she also owned her own business uh-huh. with over 50 employees and managed it uh-huh. single-handedly until I came out of college to support and help her. Wow. So I saw that strength. Uh-huh. My second m- mentor or mother... It's my mother-in-law. Mm. I had a special bond with her. She loved me from day one. Mm-hmm. And I don't take it for granted right. because I know it is not the same for everyone. So I felt very special, but I didn't let that get to my head. Mm-hmm. I had to nurture that relationship. Got it. The third is my grandmother. Mm. my mother's mother. Mm -hmm. She had a very impact on my life earlier on. Mm -hmm. So from the culture we come from, my grandmother took me to where she was. Mm. So I lived with my grandmother until I was about seven years old. Wow! I was the oldest uh, granddaughter for them. So no, I did not know that. I am
0: really. So we have a lot
1: in common. Yeah, I know. Well, I know we yeah. have. But I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. So, and um, when I remember back then, at age six and seven, mm-hmm. she used to sell cloth, fabric, African print in mm-hmm. the market. So then my grandmother would take me to the market, and I will remember. By the way, she was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. I was bored. Mm-hmm. So I would sit under the cutting table, which is like a dining table. Mm-hmm. And all the little pieces that fell off of that table, well, that's I would again, take uh. it and create a doll. And then I learned how to hand stitch mm-hmm. and make clothes for my doll. Wow. That's where my interest of sewing and becoming a designer started from. Wow. So, Those are the three main women, I would say. So she actually um, gave me the first fabric when I turned 10 years old Mm -hmm. to make my first dress, stitching it by needle and thread. Mm -hmm. It's so
0: beautiful to even just see from your grandmother, which is my great-grandmother, to your mom, which is my grandmother, to you than to me and just seeing the generations. I have learned more about you and with every guest, I'm learning more about them and I'm even taking some things away. And as I reflect on my mother's story, I think about her strength, how she was able to take on motherhood without even having her mom physically present in a different land and embrace it and the different things that she encountered how God plays different women in her life, how she had to adjust and pivot. I just can't stop but think about the strength. And I've known that she's a strong woman, but listening to her story, I can definitely see strength. And I hope that as vessels out there, you can also see your own strength as well. And may God continue to grant us more strength each and every day. Vessels, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Mom, thank you for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. And Vessels, until next time, continue to shine and thrive. Later.